welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Come and celebrate Jesus where you are. Thank you, Father. All right, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I will start reading from verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, my fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Someone says spiritual realities. So, there are realities that are spiritual. That's an understanding. That's a given. Alright? There are certain realities that are spiritual. So Paul is writing here, or the writer is saying, that I don't want you to be confused. So it's possible for you and I to get confused about these realities. Okay? He said, for you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking with you. Another translation says that we, I know that you are being led. That one way or another, something is leading you. Whether you are a believer or you are not. Or you're not you are being led. Alright? So when you are an unbeliever, you are being led by something. Now that you are a believer, something is also leading you. So whichever way you put it, you are being led. But there is a spiritual reality that I've, I want you to know. So first of all, he explained to them that don't separate yourself and say, okay, you know, and because I'm not a believer, um, there are certain realities I shouldn't bother myself about. No. Whether you're a believer or not, there are spiritual realities that exist. And you are being led one way or another. Okay? So let's go on. And it says, these worship of idols are incapable of talking with you. So, is first address the unbelievers that your worship of idols are incapable of talking to you. 
So it means that there's a level of spiritual reality that you should attain that um, the deity or the divinity you worship should be capable of talking to you. Should be capable of communicating with you. There's some part of scripture that says that you used your hand to create an idol that cannot communicate to you. How can you create your own God and bow before it and kneel before it and worship it and expect that thing to um, and, and expect you're giving glory to that thing and honor to that thing. The thing you created. The creator and the createe. Pardon my grammar. Which one is, who is higher? The creator. The creator. So you are as a sculptor, you create something. Or you, you paint, for, for instance, and then you paint a lovely artwork and you put it on the wall. And then every morning you come before that artwork and you bow before it. Please, who created who? Who is greater than who? This one does not have intelligence. This one has intelligence. And I use my intelligence to create this thing. And I now say, oh, I created you. I bow before you. How? How does it work? How does it work? So therefore, verse 3, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. Number one, no one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the cursed one. Number two, no one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say that Jesus is the cursed one. And then no one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. Everyone born into the face of this earth, upon this earth, has a mandate from God. You have a God-given, God-led, God-directed, God-orchestrated purpose that cannot, through any other means, be fulfilled than the God himself that created you. So the reason you and I can bow down before him is because he's higher than us. We didn't create him, but he created us. The Bible says that he was there before the beginning. He's not the beginning. He was there before it. So what is that beginning? We don't know. The beginning is wherever he started from. What's his form like? What's his shape like? How does he look? How can we see him? The question is, his form and his shape is really like you. But how come you're not in awe of yourself? How come you're not in awe of yourself? You look at a fellow human being and you cannot just be in awe. Apart from some ladies that you see and say, ah, God finished work for this one. And then you're in awe. But that is little compared to who he is. So if we can look at people and to some degree we stand in awe of them, how about the one who created that person? Because hear me and hear me good. That person that you see, you stand in awe of, is in a falling state already compared to the glory that is to be revealed in that person compared to that glory so there are spiritual realities that exist wherever you find yourself in this space or in that other space there are certain spiritual realities that exist so don't fool yourself to think that oh um i'm exempted one way or another no 
We are not all exempted. We don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse. So in verse 4 it says, It is the same Holy Spirit who communicates, who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord is, the Lord Yahweh is one. And he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. So the first reality is the one who is not saved. Okay? He doesn't understand who the Holy Spirit is. He doesn't understand any other thing. But he's been led. He's led by his spirit already. He's led by his carnal senses and all that. Okay? Then there's the other guy who has come to know Jesus, who understands the Spirit of God and understands the ways of God, understands the things of God, who is being led by the Spirit of God. Now, to what purpose are both of them being led to? To what purpose? The Bible talks of the Holy Spirit as the one who convicts to salvation. Convicts you to save you. That's the Holy Spirit, right? The same Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is no longer there to convict for sin, but to lead him to the purpose of God for his life. So he now begins to talk about how the, that same Holy Spirit begins to distribute in every believer the gifts, the ministries for a purpose. So the first part is this. You come here on the face of this earth to the location where you are, the city where you are, the country where you are, the family where you are because in that space God has destined and planned that his purpose will come out through you. So your first step and your first reality is to come to know him. Your first reality at that point is to come to know him as your Lord and Savior. To come to know him as Jesus. So it says no one speaking by the Spirit of God will ever say Jesus is the cursed one. And no one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. So it is this same Holy Spirit that distributes many different versatile gifts. So why does he do that? To what end? To what purpose? It says so that men may come to know him. It says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing what? Doing good. And the good is that one. He was healing all those who were oppressed. Who went about doing good. He went everywhere doing good. That's how God anointed him for that purpose. Then the same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Why do we call it Turn Up Sunday? Every 
every one of us are connected to people everywhere. Everywhere. There are people within our space of influence. There are people within our, our network. And God brings us in contact with people every day. And the reason, yes, some for business, some for um, various other things. But the sole aim is such that when people encounter you, they should encounter the Christ that is in you. They should encounter that Christ. So, my, the, your words, your communication should not be empty. Anytime you come across people and you sit to discuss, you shouldn't leave them with big, big English and wowed at your English, but you should leave them in such a way that they are wowed at you, but that wowness is leading them to question your source. To question the reality that you are seeing. So that, that wowness should lead them to the point where they question your source. Who are you? That's what happened to um, the disciples of Jesus. They questioned their source. They said to themselves that, hey look, these men are unlearned men. All of us here, the Sanhedrin, we are learned. But these men are unlearned men. How come they are disrupting the economy? How come they are disrupting the system? How come they are challenging things? Why are they giving us headache? And then someone said, that these guys have been with Jesus. So it means at that point, association with Jesus was the game changer. Was what changed everything. So he said, the reason that they are giving us trouble is that they've been with that guy, Jesus. And when he said that, I said, oh, okay. So that's why they are like this. That's why they are having this expression. Because they've been with Jesus. So they realized that that association with Jesus was the game changer. That was the only thing that changed the game. Because they've been with Jesus. Because at that time, Jesus was radical in his thinking, in his ideas. He wasn't conforming to the norm. He came to challenge the very system in which they were living. He came to tell them that there is a new and better way. And he talked like it. He acted like it. He behaved like it. When they encountered him, they were wild. They were asking, who are you? Are you the son of God? Are you Messiah? Who exactly are you? Where did you come from? And the words that he would say would challenge their thinking and challenge their thoughts and their mindset. Why? Because there is a higher reality which he was working with. There's a higher reality, a higher consciousness that he was working with. There's a spiritual reality that he came to introduce that they have to submit to, not him bowing to it. Not him bowing to it. So we're saying that this month be conscious of that reality. So that when you step out and you are engaging with people and interacting, 
they will question your source. When they question your source, the first thing they will ask you is what church do you go to? And then they do what? They turn up. They turn up. Before you even say, I want to invite you to my church. Before you say that, they are the ones that ask you, please, what time is your service? They're not asking you because they don't have anywhere to go. No. They're asking you because they're seeing something in you that is challenging their thinking. They're hearing you and it's affecting their psyche. They're like, ah. my son would come home and say to me that daddy there's a boy in his class the boy would write things like the boy would say things some crazy things say things like um, he just wants to die and I said to him I said when he says that what do you say he said daddy I blocked my ears I said ah you know the son of who you are he said daddy I blocked my ears and there's some things he says, he, he tells him. So I went to the school. I, I told my wife, I said, did you hear what he said? She said, yes. I said, what did you do about it? She said, she had gone to see the proprietor. I said, okay, I need to see. So I went there. I said, ma, do you know what's going on? She, she explained to me a lot more detailed things. But this was what she said. She said, but your son has had so much influence on the guy. Such that when he's talking, my son interjects. So he's not accepting what he's saying, but he's not keeping quiet. He's telling him his own reality. That might be your reality, but this is my own reality. So you should not influence me, but I will influence you. But I will influence you. So I told her, I said, okay. I don't have anything to do with the parents of the guy. But I can work on my son to such a point that his reality supersedes that other person's reality. That's who we are as believers. These men have been with Jesus. They've been with him. So that informs their behavior. That informs the way they are thinking. Let me tell you something. Till Jesus comes, this world will go dark. You haven't seen darkness yet. This world will go so dark. People will have no clue whatsoever what to do, how to do. Completely lost. Completely lost. We saw one wave. We saw one wave. I'm not even talking of COVID. The recession that hit that, people didn't know what to do. All these things you are seeing, the US government, China, and all this, they are clueless. They have no idea what to do. They don't know. They are completely lost. Have meetings all night. Not coming up with anything. Not knowing how to deal with the world's problem. But there are some people who have been with Jesus. Who come here every Sunday and they are still with Jesus. So what's the purpose of being with Jesus? If not to influence the economy, influence the world. That's why you've been with Jesus. That's why Jesus spent three years with them, training them, teaching them, equipping them. Because when he leaves, 
He knows that the world will need a solution. So he said, in the world, you will have tribulation. But in me, you will have peace. So what is he saying? That's exactly what he's saying. People should turn up because of you. That's what he's saying. The UN, sorry, can never unite the world. Never. Call them United Nations. Call them United Nations of all united. They can never. Man United cannot unite the world. They've not even united UEFA or, or whatever legal it is. <laughs> but I say, Pastor, don't go there. <laughs> That's the truth. It says, in the world you will have tribulation, but in me you will have peace. So it means that the tribulation of the world does not take away the peace of Jesus. So I would rather have been with Jesus and then influence my world and my nation and my community and environment and the people that come in contact with me than just being in the world. No. So whether you are in the world or you are in Christ, there is a spiritual reality that you will experience. I gave an analogy some time ago. Take two people, put them in a room within the same space. One person in this room, one person in the other room. Leave them there for 30 days. Give this one a Bible and give him confession and maybe worship music and then some messages. Then give this one DSTV. Give him, what else? Popcorn. Give him Netflix. Leave both of them for 30 days. Let them continue. One person will come out better than the other. Even if you give this person 20 million naira and let that person be there and this person just God's word and for 30 days for 30 days this person will come out better. It's called spiritual reality. The entire world is based and formed on this reality. The entire world. So people should turn up because of the expression you are having. Not because you said so. No. The same thing with your business. They should buy not because you told them to buy. No. No. Just because you came to me and said, Pastor, I'm selling wig. I should buy wig. What if the wig, you removed it from your neighbor's hair? It has to have some value. It has to have quality. And I will look at those things. So the reason anybody will turn up for anything you are doing at all should be that because you have a higher reality. Because when it comes, when proof comes to shove, everybody begins to question whose reality is better. And when they look at your reality and it makes more sense, you won't have... Excellence sells itself. It sells itself. You won't talk too much. You won't talk too much. It sells itself. Because you have a higher reality. So when you look at all the gifts that the Lord gives to us as believers, what are we doing with them? What are we doing with them? You are in your office. And I'm talking literally to someone. God just showed me a picture. You are in your office. And every time you see this person 
God just tells you what is going on with this person. But you are afraid to talk. Kai. You are afraid to talk. What if it's true? What if it's not true? Really? Really? How will they know you've been with Jesus? How? That's the expression. I don't have time to read that. that that's, that's what he kept talking about. And then give this one the gift of wisdom. Give this one um, knowledge. Give this one the sending of spirit. It's not just for here. No. When we come here, we come to offer and say, Lord, all this thing you've given me, I give it back to you. We prostrate before him. We worship here. But when we step out, that's when it becomes activated. I read that part now. Ah, that's when it becomes activated. Yes. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. So they are not activated here. They are activated out there. How will they know you've been with Jesus? No. You've been with him here. But when you go there, that's the activation. When you get into your board meetings, that's the activation. When they are trying to find solutions around you, that's the activation. That's the way people turn up. When people turn up because they are questioning your source, it's easy for them to find Jesus. Because they are no longer seeing you. They are seeing the thing that made you. So when they are turning up, they are not looking for you. They say, what you have, I want. So at that point, God is just using you. And you need to make yourself available for him to be used. That's how. That's how. So yes, you are the one that led them. But they turned up for Jesus. Say, so why are these men doing like this? They've been with Jesus. Stand to your feet. Verse 7. Every believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself but all. Not just himself but all. So you have turned up you have received revelation by the Holy Spirit. And he gave you that not for yourself to benefit alone, but for all. So the question is, how many all is being benefited from your expression in Christ Jesus? That will determine how people turn up for God. That will determine how people turn up for God. throughout this month of March. We want everyone conscious of the reality in Christ Jesus. And let that consciousness lead you to find expression in places beyond this space. Such that when people see you, 
They question your source. Question that reality. And then they want to know your God. They want to know your God. Lift your hands to heaven. Music team, can I have you? Can I have the communion? Thank you, Father. Talk to him this morning. Talk to him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, lift your voice to him wherever you are. Speak in other tongues if you can. I lay myself down to be used by you. God already has it planned out. All you just need to do is allow him lead you. Allow you are led. Any which way you are still led. But let him be the one that leads you. Let him be the one that leads you. Shatou da bahada kaya. Nen trokusa pratishe vedoso soprahaya. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.